Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop, where each week and every week we crack open a new bottle of alcohol and see what it tastes like. This week is, of course, no exception. We are trying out Aquavit. Or Aquavit, or um, depends on where it's from. It's a Scandinavian drink of uh, interesting origin. Here we are to tell you all about it. I'm Stu. I'm Michael. Cheers. Cheers. Right, Mickle, we're uh, back to trying something we've never even heard of before. We, we, we've heard of it, that's why we're doing an episode on it, but we haven't well, heard of it much. No, we, we every so often we just go on a scout for different kinds of alcohol. And, yeah, we came across uh, Aquavit. It's, now, I've never... Yeah, as I said, ne- we've never had this before. It's supposed to smell like... It's supposed to have uh, caraway and star anise. A, a very savoury mix of herbs and flavours. But have a have a smell, because you need a certain... like When I smelt it from the bottle, it, it smells pretty good. Right. Traditionally, it's a digestive or an imperative. That seems to be pretty mixed. Digestive, because people sip it after. Yeah, yeah, it's for after, for, for helping things. To settle, helping your body mm. to process the foodstuffs. Yeah, and uh, over over Christmas time, the Norwegian tradition is to have like roasts and um, really fat, heavy foods, and this is supposed to help with that. Yeah. Now, uh, according to the European Union, the dominant flavour in this drink must come from a distillate of caraway and or dill seeds. And it Definitely must smell both of those. Must have a minimum of thirty-seven and a half percent alcohol, and wow. uh, if it doesn't, it can't call itself Aquavit. Not that it should be calling itself anything. It should be the producer that's calling it stuff. Yes, but they can't call it that either. Admittedly, <laughs> yes. If it is calling itself Aquavit, perhaps we need to uh, take a moment to reconsider: is it alive? Mm, maybe put down the bottle and. Save the rest for another day. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's been a while since we've done a, uh, a herbal liqueur. And um, as with the ones we've done previously, this one is made up with a relatively wide variety of botanicals. They just specify a couple that absolutely must be used. Mm. But of course, each producer has their own distinct recipe. Yeah. And so th- this particular one, the, the, the one we're drinking, the Linny Aquavit... Authentic Norwegian Akavit. It separates itself from the from other other styles as it has spent about three months aging on a ship from Norway to Australia and back again. Yeah, though we've um, we've skipped a bit. I think let's let's oh, I'm, do I'm this one. let's let's do a travel back back through time. I want to taste it to get to where this began. Going way back. On the way back machine. On the way back machine, yes. All right. Because the beginnings of Aquavit were, in fact, first recorded in a letter sent in 1531 from the Danish lord Eskabile of Bergenhus Castle to the Norwegian bishop Olav Engelbrechtsen. 
<laughs> and Mille sent a spiced liqueur with the letter, promising that it would cure any illness known to man. And, um, of course, nobody believes that anymore, but they do still believe it functions as a digestive. Mm. But since that time, though, distilled grain spirits became increasingly popular in Nordic countries with a strong tradition of flavoring the alcohol using all sorts of things ranging from summer berries to herbs and spices with um, small distilleries regularly found in um, almost every Nordic farm or manor and in villages and anywhere. Everybody had their own little distillery. Because hmm. in in all these different places, everyone uses it as a accompaniment to celebrations. Yeah. The uh, in Denmark it's traditionally associated with Easter and Christmas. In Norway it's drunk at celebrations like Christmas, Easter or New- Norwegian Constitution Day. I'm actually su- surprised that there wasn't any flowing when I went to a Norway Day party a few months ago. Hmm. So I guess cuz it's hard to come by here. It is definitely not easy. Uh, in Sweden, it's a staple of a traditional midsummer celebration dinner, usually drunk while singing one of the many drinking songs. Uh, it's usually so they they usually drink it. They usually drink it as a yeah as a digestive during meals, especially during the appetizer course, along with pickled herring, crayfish, lutefisk, or smoked fish. Um. <laughs> In this regard, it's popularly quipped that, well, the the common saying is that the akavit helps the fish swim down to the stomach. Right. <laughs> well, I suppose that makes all sorts of sense. Sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> yeah. But um, so naturally, with so many different varieties and so many different people making it, there ended up being a lot of different recipes mm. and different methodologies And by the 19th century, the distilling techniques were refined and evolved to the point where they were infusing the herbs and spices in alcohol and then distilled and further blended with more alcohol and pure water. And then some brands then proceeded to barrel age the aquavit to bring roundness and character. Hmm. And uh, what we're drinking now is one variety of that Mm. barrel-aged version. But the story of how they came to age it at a moving ship... Yeah, well, it was was quite by accident they discovered this method, really. Yeah, absolutely. The um, stole was actually invented in 1806 when a merchant captain sailed from Norway to Batavia which is now Jakarta. And um, once he got there, he wasn't able to sell the many barrels of Aquavit he'd taken with him, so he took them home again. No, because the, um, the Javanese, or the people who living in Indonesia, just didn't like that flavour. And they already had a plentiful amount of spirits there, like Arak, uh, rum... All these things that are... They probably even had uh, a style of cachaça if, mm, they, if they grew sugar cane. Yeah, certainly a lot of sweet liqueurs, which herbal liqueurs are not. No. So they he tried to sell these five barrels and got nowhere. 
So, of course, he just brought them back to, to sell back at home. And when he returned, he discovered that due to the movement of the ship and the uh, heat and salts air, the, it had accelerated the aging process. Yeah, and so they found that the colour had changed. It was now an amber flavour. Amber flavour? It was now an amber <laughs> colour and uh, had developed more complex flavour profile mm. than when it's freshly distilled. And so that was then, that style was then labelled labeled, uh, amber aquavit. They started calling it Linny aquavit not too much later as it had crossed the equator twice. Yeah, once once they decided that that was the best way to do it when they began shipping it to Australia. And uh, the interesting thing is that they did attempt to find a way to produce the same... Uh, to produce the same outcome without taking it anywhere on a ship, mm. and it just didn't work. No, must like he the the guy that invent that tried it. I haven't got the um, paragraph in front of me, but the guy that tried to do it, he uh, basically just put them outside in the put the barrels outside to be subject to the elements like they would be on a ship, and had some sort of. Um, perpetual motion mechanism to keep the barrels moving. I would say that what it didn't include was the salt. Yeah. The salt air. Which, of course, makes a difference. And naturally, it also didn't include the extreme changes in temperature that you get over such a long sea voyage. Mm, absolutely. It, what still blows me away is that they put them on the decks of these ships, not in, not below in storage. Yeah, makes you wonder what was in like considering the 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 very first the original merchant sailor was shipping these things over there. What else did he take with him that was taking up all of the space in the hold that he had these five barrels of aquavit on deck? Mm. Potentially, he just couldn't be bothered putting him below. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, all right, you know what? Let's let's try this. Yes, we've we've talked enough. We've uh, smelt it. The smell is very pleasant. There's mm. a sweetness to it. It's not sweet. No, but it, it a... smells sweet. It smells citrusy. I think like, citrusy like bergamot is citrusy. Yeah, yeah. There is a definite citric sort of acidic element to the nose. Mm, that that orange peel kind of smell. Um, mm. So this is this is the Linny Aquavit. By Lin, by Lysholm, or Lisham. My wordy lordy. Ooh, good, That's, is it? It's a thing. All right, here goes. It's. I'm still trying to process the flavors out of it. Wow. I like it. Mm, yeah, me, is... me too, but it's... There's so much going on in it. And it's the amazing. aftertaste, it's like the whole flavor does a the flavor profile does a barrel roll almost and yeah. just changes entirely towards the towards the aftertaste. Yeah, cuz the the um while it's in your mouth, it you still got those citrus flavors, you've got um you got dill, but now it's almost got like a minty aftertaste. Mint and green herbs. Yeah, it's Wow. Pretty amazing. Actually, pretty 
damned amazing. I mean, there's a there's a bit of kick to it as well. Like, oh yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't mess around. Forty two, forty one point five percent. That's forty one point five percent, and you know it is. Like, admittedly, I've I've had forty one point five percent and forty two percent things that didn't quite kick like that. Mm. But well, kick's probably the wrong word. It's got a very strong burn. A bite. A bite. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I was expecting something more along the lines of uh, whiskey or a scotch. Um, but I guess the mouthfeel is more like more like a bourbon, honestly. The because bourbon because bourbon mm. smells sweet. Um, and it's got a both a a main flavor and an aftertaste flavor. Yeah, I mean, I was almost half expecting just from what they used that we'd have something that was kind of a mix between Chartreuse and Jägermeister. Yeah. And it sort of is, but it's very much its own thing as well. Mm. Yeah, you've definitely got a bit of anise flavor as well, probably from the dill. Wow. Yeah. Whew. And and that color, like you, you can't see this because you're <laughs> you're listening, but it really is a very yeah, very yellowish golden. Mm. Well, the same color as a whiskey, because they age this one in ten-year-old sherry casks. Oh. Uh-huh. They buy them from Jerez, ship them over, and. Fill the barrels with Akavit and then ship them off to Australia to come back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ship them to Australia, take them back again, and then we have to import it. Yeah. Because they couldn't bring it back again. Which is hilarious. Yeah. yeah they could have stopped halfway. <laughs> it wouldn't be the same. It'd only get half the. Uh, half the the sea voyage experience, mm. and I suppose if they brought a barrel back, dropped one off halfway, it would have done one and a half times, and that wouldn't be the same either. No, mm. it's a very a very complicated thing, isn't it? It's like um, Madeira; they ship it off to sea just to come back again because it makes the it improves the flavor. Yeah, and it kind of makes you wonder. What difference does it make to the flavor if there's a massive storm while it's out at sea? Mm. Does the salt water penetrate the barrels? You know, it probably does. It probably does make a difference. And does it buy the barrels dinner afterwards? <laughs> Who knows? So, the now that we've talked about the history and how you make it, you we should probably talk about how to drink it as well. So that because there's many kinds of many different ways to drink it, everyone's got their own drinking style, I guess. So, but but most of the Akavits or Aquavits are drunk straight up. Uh, you can you can throw back a shot straight out of the freezer. You can sip it leisurely uh, with a meal, um, but they they rarely mix it. One major exception, though, is in Denmark. During or in Copenhagen, 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 Copen. I always thought it was Copenhagen. 
Who knows? But, yeah. I'm not Dutch. No, me, me either. Um, if you are Dutch, yeah. we'd love to hear from you to correct us on all of our terrible pronunciations. That's it. Because we're just a couple of Aussie guys with uh, just doing our thing. So, in uh, one exception is in Copenhagen, where it's served with coffee as as a, a cafe, cafe punch. Um, <laughs> this, this is hilarious. So, to make it, you... Put a coin in the bottom of your cup and pour enough coffee in to cover the coin. And then and then you slowly pour the aquavit into your little splash of coffee until you can see the coin again. It's an odd way of making a, a coffee, but that's a that's their tradition. Yeah, so what you make the coffee dark, then pour an aquavit until you can see through it again. Yeah. So and- you, well, you put a coin in, you pour coffee in until you can't see the coin, and then you pour aquavit in until you can see the coin again. Yeah, it's very curious. <laughs> I wonder how... I, I'm seriously curious how that uh, tradition came around. Uh, in the US, bartenders are most likely to use aquavit in cocktails, often as a substitute for vodka or gin in classic drinks like the Bloody Mary, Negroni, or or French 75. Yeah, and um, it's actually surprisingly easy to make it yourself if you want to. And um, a good starter for that is um, to begin with vodka. It's a good base spirit Mm. to start with. And um, then, as with any of the things that involve steeping, you just stick in your caraway seeds, fresh dill, star anise, fennel seeds, and lemon zest, and let it steep for a few days, and uh, filter it off, and then you've got your own DIY aquavit. Easy. Easy stuff. I could I could see this as a good substitute for vodka or gin. Yeah, I could see it sort of working like that as well. It's got a lot more flavour than vodka. Yeah. But um, depending on the gin, kind of even, Stephen? Yeah. Uh, I saw an, a nice um, recipe using this instead of gin in a Tom Collins. Mm, that does sound interesting. Yeah. I would, I would say you could liken it to gin. It's closer to gin than whiskey. Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, it's still made with botanicals, mm. like uh, like gin is. But these are steeped instead of having the vapors pass th- pass through a, a basket of herbs. Yeah. Now, something uh, worth pointing out, which isn't really relevant to what we were just saying, but <laughs> that has popped into my head, is that um, in Norway they're not allowed to advertise alcohols. Hmm. Like, the advertising of alcohol is not legal. Now, I'm assuming that you're still allowed to listen to us over there because we're technically not advertising anything. No, we're not getting paid to do any of these drinks. But it makes me wonder how brands like Linny advertise their particular style of Aquavit in a country where they're undoubtedly selling more of it than anywhere else Mm. to make sure that people are choosing their aquavit over somebody else's aquavit when it comes to those midsummer festivals who knows perhaps it's just a a tradition at this point i i have no idea how much the norwegians drink they might enjoy a a tipple or a beer or they might get absolutely shit-faced like like an aussie who knows if you're from norway send us an email let us know what the drinking culture is like 
Yeah. Now, um, something that is worth looking at and that uh, Stuart's going to do now oh. is visit the Linny homepage because our bottle of Linny has a number on it. It has a date. And if we punch that into the Linny homepage, it will tell us exactly what journey our, the uh, aquavit that made its way into our bottle took. Oh, they're live streaming their journeys now. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> That's quite amazing. I guess people have become suspicious. And half of the reason, I would imagine, for adding this kind of uh, ability to look at the sort of journey that your particular shipment took is to assure people that, yes, it did actually go out to sea and back again. goes from Oslo to Sydney and back. So they're live streaming it. Um, I've got the homepage open and they, they're just showing highlights from this one at the moment um, as there is not a, not a, there isn't a ship going across at the moment. Um, but yeah, they're showing some highlights. Um, so, Linny was placed so the 2018-19 journey uh, was live streamed. They uh, they placed Linny was placed on the deck of Wilhelmsen's vessel Tarmasis and set out in November 2018 from Bremerhaven, Bremerhaven, Germany. It returned in the beginning of April 2019, having after having sailed live for more than 3,017 hours, visiting 22 harbours, 11 countries, 17 time zones, and crossing the Pacific, the Atlantic, and the equator twice. So, went from Bremerhaven to uh, Zeebrugge, 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 I don't know, and then to Southampton, Baltimore, Newport, Savannah, Manzanillo, uh, through the Panama Canal, to Long Beach, to Tacoma, then across the Pacific to Hitachinaka, uh, Yokohama, Nagoya, Kobe, Masan, Shanghai, Singapore, Fremantle, Melbourne, Port Kembla. Oh, went came to Brisbane. Oh, wow. Uh, and then went to Auckland, back to uh, Panama and the initial cities in reverse. That's quite a spectacular journey, isn't it? It really is. So... Mm. Yeah, I guess when you think about how much... like We went to quite a bit of trouble to acquire this bottle, but clearly they went to a lot more trouble to make sure it goes through the appropriate aging process. Hmm. But I haven't found that um, that link to, to see which exact uh, journey it went on. Yeah, though potentially the article that I read about that in may be old and they've now changed it, because I don't mm. see a date on the bottle either. No... Maybe this maybe this was the one. Oh, you got a, a lot number from um, from Nick's Imports, Nick's Wine Merchants. Mm, but I, I would imagine that it would be on one of the original bottle labels. Yeah, I don't see or one stamped onto the lid or something. No, but I don't see any date stamped anywhere on it, no. which makes me think that perhaps 
you know, it may have been a couple of years ago that they were doing that and now they just live stream the voyage <laughs> and you don't have to check anymore. Yeah. That's that's fascinating. Maybe this is one of those bottles. Maybe this is one of those bottles that just went on, that was live streamed just then, the 2018-19. Yeah, well, makes sense, I suppose, because we just, we just got it. Yeah. How fascinating. That's That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. If you're interested in uh, Linny Aquavis, which was recommended to us, we should point yeah. out. Yeah, th- this apparently is the good stuff. Yeah, we were told this is like the best of the best when it comes to Aquavit. Mm. Um, just just on the note of the live streaming, it's like, so, <laughs> what, you guys don't believe us? Hold my Linny. <laughs> yeah. Hold Hold my bottle. Have a look. Watch. Yeah. yeah. Spend three months sitting watching a live stream of a ship. Mm. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I haven't got anything else. Yeah, no, that's... We've, uh, we've hit the ramble point. That's it for, for today. So it's time for the plugs. Mm. So if you liked what you heard, if you want to hear us tasting more random beverages from around the world, we'd love you to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. You can find us on your favorite podcast app, including Podbean, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play Music, Spotify. You can find us as a good drop all about alcohol. We are also on the socials, Facebook and Instagram, where you can find us as a good drop podcast. If you want to share a particular episode or check out our library of previous episodes, you can jump on our website, agooddrop.com.au. And if you've got any comments, questions, feedback, uh, corrections, uh, pronunciation helps. (laughs) If you want to tell us that Linny is not the best Aquavit and uh, our advice was wrong, then uh, shoot us an email. Yeah, it's agooddrop at gmail.com. And now, do be sure to tune in next time for our special 100th episode. Yeah, we've been doing this for two years, my friend. We have. So we are about to do a totally blind taste test. (laughs) Yep, we're going to put some... You can't see this, but we're going to put some blindfolds on and try and guess the wine that we have. Yes, we will have absolutely nothing to give away what it is that we're drinking. We won't see the shape of the bottle we won't see the color of the drink we'll have somebody pour it for us and hand us a glass (laughs) and then we'll try and work out what it is and tell you all about it it should make for an entertaining episode i hope so because that's what we're all about it is indeed Hmm. so yeah until next time cheers cheers